Welcome to That's What He Said, a respectfully irreverent podcast from the anxious, enthusiastic mind of full-time writer and part-time influencer, me, Emma Golden Miller. As a self-proclaimed open book, I started my blog, emmasthing.com, in 2010 so I could share my every random thought, story, and opinion about life with total strangers. But the blogosphere has changed over the years, so now I share all those thoughts, stories, and opinions on this podcast. Every week, you'll hear about what the hell I've been doing, stuff I'm enjoying, and deep thoughts on every topic under the sun, from relationships and career to health, fitness, fashion, and beyond. So let's fucking go. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good day to you, whenever you are tuning in. Welcome back to the podcast. I know that I say this all the time and I always end up swallowing my words, but for real, this is going to be a short episode (laughs) because I am tired and I also am going to be writing a much more verbose and descriptive and detailed uh, blog post. I was about to say podcast blog post about the uh, trip that Zach and I just went on to Cabo, and that is what the hell I've been doing. So I'm going to keep this a very short and sweet episode for you guys, and I want to immediately get into the biggest thing that has been going on besides. Zach and I taking this trip over the weekend, and that is that uh, one of my best friends, Whitney, who I'm sure all of you are very familiar with at this point, had her baby on Thursday. And I mentioned last week that by the time that the episode came out, she was probably going to have had her child. And it turns out that she had her son, she delivered her son at um, about like one o'clock-ish, one to two o'clock-ish in the afternoon on Thursday. And our flight was delayed, but although that was somewhat annoying, it all worked out for the best because I got to be on the ground still and receiving live texts when her son was born. Um, Her mom was in town and her mom is a big texter and communicator and she had my number. So she was pretty much updating me every minute on the minute. So it was as close as I could possibly get to actually being at the hospital with Whitney. But I just wanted to give her a shout out on here because she is incredible. Um, I mean, almost all of my friends have had kids at this point. Um, but that does not take away from every experience being, you know, a specific to them and, you know, they have their own birthing stories and all of that. And Winnie is just so amazing. She is one of the most patient, calm people that I've ever met in my entire life. And that is the way that she handled her pregnancy as well. And um, just getting to see her, you know, go through all of it and be so close to her the entire time was just really, really special. And it was very emotional on Thursday when, you know, her mom texted and showed me um, her baby and was just letting me know how everything went. So yeah, I mean, that's not my news really to share, but um, that is the biggest 
thing that has been happening since we last spoke. So I got to go over to um, Whitney and her husband's place on Monday and meet their baby. And he's just so special. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but he's insanely cute. He's super healthy and he's pretty freaking chill. So, you know, they're just adjusting to parent life, which if you have had your own children or you've been really close to people in your life who have had children, it is a journey. And, you know, like I'm telling you all this just because I know that people listening can relate in some form or fashion, but Whitney is very much like she never wants to be a burden and she always wants to be really strong. And so I think like going through these first few weeks and months is gonna, you know, I'm just planning to work really hard to constantly remind her that she does not need to be strong right now. That postpartum is a bitch and it's a roller coaster and pretty much something that she has no control over and to ride the waves as they come and just try and give herself grace and be gentle with herself. So Whitney, if somehow you're listening to this, because I know you don't have much time to do anything besides feed and change diapers and and rest right now, I love you. And you are incredible. And I'm just really, really proud of you. Okay, let's talk about what I've been reading, watching and listening to in the past week. So I started a new book on my trip to Mexico, and it's called The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches. And it was a recommendation from my mom, who I've told y'all several times at this point is an avid reader. She's an opinionated reader. She knows what she likes. And I pretty much trust her opinion most of the time. So she gave me this book to read and told me that while it's not this grandiose piece of literature, it's really good. It's very well written. And it's just a happy, warm, magical story. And literally on the cover of the book, it says that it's like a happy, warm, witchy hug. And that is exactly how I would describe it so far. I am loving this book. You know, I love magic and witches and wizards and fantasy. And this is like, it's not exactly fantasy. I mean, yes, there's like the magic and the witches happening, of course, but it's all set in present day in the real world. So it's not like a a super mysterious fairy tale land. It is, you know, run of the mill for the most part. But just this writer is very, very gifted at describing the surroundings and how people look and really capturing human emotion with um, her words and all the things that you want from a great writer. So I am thoroughly enjoying it. I am about almost halfway through. So I think it's going to be a really quick read for me. It's not that long of a book. But speaking of books, you might have caught it last week on my That's What E Said podcast Instagram page, but I announced that 
the book of the month for March is Lessons in Chemistry. And that is by Bonnie Garmus. Is that how you say your name, I think? So I put it up to a vote actually between two different books. And the majority of people who voted, and it was like 96 people who voted for Lessons in Chemistry. So if all 96 of you who voted do not read this book and participate in our book of the month episode, I'm going to be very upset. But yeah, anyway, so book of the month, Lessons in Chemistry, you can get it you know, anywhere that you're, where you get books. Um, it's a little bit of a longer one. It's like in the 400 something page range. And my mom is reading it first because she's the faster reader. And then she's going to hopefully hand it off to me and I'll have enough time to finish it. I would say it takes me about like four to five sittings to finish a book where it takes my mom maybe like two to three. So yeah, definitely get a copy of it, read it, get your discussion thoughts ready. Uh, We are going to be reviewing that book on March 30th. That will be the last episode of the month of March. So that is when we will be talking all about it. As for what I have been watching in the last week, so we, (laughs) don't ask me why, but while we were in Cabo, we found out that you can, you know, connect your Netflix app via the TV. And so for whatever reason, we decided that a really great thing to watch at the end of every evening while we were laying in the hotel bed was the Murdoch Trials mini documentary on Netflix. I just want to say that I have not been following these trials and murders in the entire case at all like I I'd heard the name a million times but I'm just I'm not a true crime girly I've tried to be and I've had very short-lived stints of it like you know I had my moment of listening to my favorite murder and I listened to a few episodes of Crime Junkie and then there was the one um something was wrong I think that's what it called that's what it's called. And I told you guys about that last year and how I listened to that one season of it. But I'm just not like, I didn't grow up watching Dateline. I've never been to, been into like Law and Order, none of that stuff. Like I'm just, and honestly, I think a part of it is because I'm so bad at figuring out mysteries that I don't like to expend my energy because I'm almost always wrong. All that to say, I really knew next to nothing about the Murdoch trials. So there is a three-part documentary on Netflix about it. And obviously the trial just happened this past week and we know that Alec Murdoch was convicted, but that's really all that I knew. So we started that in Cabo and we didn't know that it was only three episodes. So we actually finished it last night on Monday night, like as soon as we got back from Cabo. So yeah, that was a really super uplifting festive watch when we were having our little exotic mini long weekend. (laughs) Really intense stuff. Holy shit, that family is so fucked up. I... I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but at the same time, I feel like I'm the weirdo because I don't know anything about it. So I don't think I would be spoiling it by talking about it. I just, I still can't get over the boat accident and that Mallory 
girl dying in the way that she died and how fucking tragic and horrific and unfair all of that was and still is and that that is something that her friends and family will always have to deal with and you could just tell like with her friends Morgan and Miley talking about it just everyone is still and probably will always be some form of fucked up from that because uh I don't know. I don't know. It was just very, very upsetting. Um, but yeah, so we finished that. Like I said, it was only three episodes. And now I'm sure we're going to dive into the actual trials themselves. But we did watch a little bit of coverage on YouTube from the trials. And I don't know. The whole thing is just so creepy. And then the other thing that we watched was actually on the plane ride home. We flew American and they have a lot of good free entertainment and a ton, like a big movie catalog. And there was there were so many movies. I don't know why we I I should say I Zach didn't decide on this. I decided on See How They Run, which stars Sam Rockwell and Sersha Sersha is that how you say it? Sersha Ronan. And I just felt like it would be like an easy whatever watch. And it was fine. It was very theatrical. I mean, it's literally based on the Mousetrap, the play by Agatha Christie, which I'm very familiar with. I think actually I was in The Mousetrap. Yeah, I was. Oh my God. I was in The Mousetrap and I played like my biggest role in high school. I actually have a framed program from that play that I did uh, my sophomore, I think it was my sophomore year. I will definitely post a picture of that for you guys. But anyway, <laughs> the movie was just like, it was cute, but it was, it was predictable and kind of corny and I don't know I don't know I don't have I'm really tired I don't have like super uh well uh, fleshed out thoughts to tell you about it I just I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters it's definitely like a free rental kind of a movie and I mean I think kids would enjoy it I don't know guys Uh, maybe don't watch it (laughs) And then as for what I'm listening to, I'm just laughing because like my energy on this episode is not normal. Um, As for what I'm listening to, I am slowly catching up with The Last of Us podcast and it's the official podcast from HBO and they did the same thing for House of the Dragon and that one was amazing and you just get so much insight into the show itself because you have like the fucking showrunners on, you have the screenwriters on, you have actors on, everyone behind the scenes. It's just really awesome. And especially after Sunday's episode, oh my God, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I really gotta get caught up on this podcast. Um, but also this is something that um, a friend of mine posted on Instagram that I saw the other night. So and I'm going to write about this in um, this week's newsletter that goes out on Friday. But, you know, Last of Us is based off of a game. And so I guess every week, this YouTube account does a split screen of what scenes look like in the game and what they look like on the show. And it is so fucking cool. I've only watched the one from episode eight and I'm going to save the rest to watch with Zach because 
I mean, we both love it so much, but it is so wild. I mean, I never have been a gamer. I never got into video games really. Like I did N64, you know, in the late 90s and early aughts. And I was obsessed with um, Winter Olympics in Nagano, Japan. And I was obsessed with, um, what was that fucking game with the cars? Cruising USA. <laughs> but other than that, I never, oh, and in GoldenEye, of course, the James Bond uh, game. But other than those, I really have never been into gaming and neither has Zach. And so it was just, it's so wild to see how incredibly well done this video game is. But then it also had us wondering because, you know, we're not super well versed in gaming. Like these scenes, I mean, I feel like I guess the the main action as a player of the game when you're playing Last of Us is probably killing the infected. And then all of these other like, you know, more dramatic scenes with actual dialogue and their acting I guess those are the in-betweens like after you've completed a challenge and then you basically continuously get like mini movie clips I don't know I should probably look into that and I will but anyway all that to say the last of us podcast is great in the last of us youtube channel that shows the differences and similarities between the game and the show is also amazing and I will link both in the show notes. And then the other thing that I blew through is the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling podcast. And I mentioned this last week that I had started with episode one, but I hadn't really gotten very far because of all the construction going on at the house. So I listened to pretty much all of it on the flight to Cabo. And it is so, so interesting. So I mean, there were, I was like writing stuff down in the notes on my phone. I was like making faces the whole time and just having like these big reactions. So the first three episodes, they don't get into JK Rowling and, you know, her being quote unquote a turf. And um, I should tell you what TERF means. Hold on, give me a second. I'm literally my own producer. I'm going to look this up right now. A TERF stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminist. So basically a radical feminist who does not, for reasons that she chooses, she does not accept, you know, a transgender woman as an actual woman. So this is kind of like where everything stems from with J.K. Rowling and how she spoke out about all of it and all the things that she tweeted. But they don't get into that really until episode four. And episodes one through three are really just about J.K.'s backstory um, and how her life kind of unfolded and even more than that, it's it's a lot about how like when Harry Potter came out is also when the internet had its big boom, like in 98, and how she witnessed all this change happening online and like putting everything else aside, like this is the woman who wrote Harry Potter, which is literally my favorite a collection of books and movies of all time like it played such a pivotal role in my 
upbringing and my view of the world. And it just means so much to me. Like I was that girl literally up until the last movie. And the last movie came out when I was in college. So for every book premiere and every movie premiere, I was at the midnight premieres for both of them. My best friend and I literally like waited in line at a Barnes and Noble for one of the book premieres. I forget which one. I almost want to say it was Half-Blood Prince and counted down with everyone. And we were like very enveloped in that community. And MuggleNet was one of, if not the first true fan sites for something ever really like it was created in the late 90s and it was created by this 12 year old guy in Indiana who was obsessed with Harry Potter and he created this online space for Harry Potter fans to come and just be obsessed in a free and open way where they weren't going to be judged and they like found all these like-minded people and it was so fucking interesting like it just took me back to that age when I literally logged into MuggleNet every single day, multiple times a day. And I didn't know this at the time, but J.K. Rowling was on there. Like she would come on and do interviews and chat with users. And she was very, very, you know, into, um, she was just very much in that world and she loved doing it. And then there's a story about how And she tells a story about how she went into a chat room one time, not as herself. She it was like a, I guess what you would call like a finsta nowadays. She went in as herself. No, I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) She went in not as herself. And all these fans were having like a, a discussion about some theory about a book or a movie or whatever. And they were all sharing their thoughts and feelings and theories. And as this, you know, anonymous person, JK, um, she offered her own thought and it was, she said it was like a very bland thought. Like it wasn't super deep or whatever. She like, she just wanted to be a part of the conversation and like see how people were talking about her books and this world that she created. And people in there like immediately ganged up on this person that they didn't know and they were like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about like clearly this is your first time here just get out you're not wanted in here and it was just so ironic because her entire Harry Potter series like one of the biggest things is bullying and not to bully other people and these people who were so obsessed with the series, that's exactly what they were doing to her. And she was like, shit, like this is happening on all different kinds of levels then because, you know, if it happened to this no name person in this group who just wanted to chat, God only knows how it is, you know, all across the site. So anyway, but they also like get into, you know, she's not just talking to JK Rowling the entire time. She has lots of different experts on. She is like, you know, jumping back and forth between all these different interviews with pertinent people and talking about like the 90s into the early 2000s and the culture. And I don't know, it's if you can open your mind and if you have an appreciation for Harry Potter, at least just listen to it. I think it's absolutely worth the listen. And now that you know, we're getting more into the whole transphobic stuff and turf 
stuff. It's a little obviously more intense, but I don't know. I just find it really interesting and I recommend it. All right. So now that we're past what I have been reading, watching, and listening to, let's quickly chit chat about our trip to Cabo. Like I said, by the time this podcast episode airs this week, there will be a blog post on MSThing.com that really goes into all the fine details about our trip. But just to give you guys an audio version of that, like a very pared down audio version of that, the trip was fantastic. It was really exciting because while Zach and I have traveled to a lot of different places together, we have never been on a true beach vacation at a resort that was just the two of us. So this was very exciting and even more so because Zach is an environmental architect, which means that he deals with landscape architecture and also hardscape architecture. Everything that you see surrounding a building is what he designs. So from like what plants and flowers are going to be there to uh, the shape of a pool, how the pool is going to drain, where the swim up bar is going to be, where everything is going to be positioned, what the outdoor patio space is going to look like, all of that. Even the lighting, just everything that you can think of that makes an outdoor space vibey. That is what Zach spends his days drawing and designing for clients. So at his last job, one of his bigger projects was this resort in Cabo, not the resort we stayed at, just a resort. And so he was going down to Cabo all the time, but it was for work. He never once got to actually vacation in the Cabo San Lucas area and enjoy it as just a traveler who was having a vacation. So this was a first for him in that regard. So it was extra exciting because of that. And we truly almost did not make it out because the impending weather happening in Dallas last Thursday. It's so crazy. Like, so our flight got delayed just a little bit, not by much at all. And I'm pretty positive we were one of the last planes to take off from the Dallas airport that day. Because when, first of all, the flight there was bumpy as shit. There was so much turbulence because even though we had made it up and above the weather before it got really bad, it was coming from the West and we were flying to the West. So it was just a very, very bumpy ride. Not super fun. But when we landed, I had all these texts from my friends and my family saying that we had truly gotten out in the nick of time and that the weather in Dallas was absolutely bonkers. The winds were insane. There were cars overturned on the highways, the storm, the rain, the hail. I mean, it was just, it was bad. Um, so we were incredibly thankful and felt very fortunate that we didn't leave a second later. So anyway, we get to Cabo and we uh, rented our car and we decided to 
start the trip. So we got in like, you know, in the evening. And so we decided to go ahead and drive directly to Flora Farms because it is way closer to the airport than our actual hotel was. And we've heard a lot of things about Flora Farms and just how cute it is. And it's definitely like a destination spot you should go for dinner and shopping and all of that. So we got to Flora Farms and it was really cute. It was not what I was expecting. I don't think either of us are really expecting it. It was just bougie as fuck. And I did not know that is what the vibe was going to be. For my local Dallas people, if you haven't been to Flora Farms, I mean, I basically felt like it was a Highland Park shopping center in Mexico. Just, you know, it was all boutiques. Everything was very expensive. And the actual Flora Farms restaurant was massive, massive, like a sprawling restaurant on so much land. And as soon as we walked into the restaurant, I mean, it just felt like we were in the fanciest part of Dallas with the way that people looked the way that people were dressed there was a lot of privilege going on and you know we were just off the plane in our plain clothes and I think it was just a combination of like kind of feeling out of place and also you know I mean if I'm going somewhere foreign while it's lovely to like as an American have things be relatively easy to navigate it's also kind of a turnoff in a way. Like, you know, I'm not saying I want my trips to be really difficult and something I have to work for and, you know, not be able to get around or talk to, you know, local people. But it's like, I'm just, I'm so interested in other cultures and I want that authenticity. And so it was just weird to get to Mexico and immediately be in the whitest, bougiest place possible but you know whatever it was still really cute and they had a really great house band playing with this wonderful singer she was incredible Uh, we had to wait a little bit for our reservation I guess we had made one in advance I think Zach did that and they sat us and I am not shitting you guys not like they didn't do this on purpose it was just the table that was open but we were literally sitting at the last table in the restaurant like literally they walked us they walked us across the length of the entire grounds and we could not have been further away from everything in a in a corner we were in a corner two top table in like the forgotten spot so that was kind of funny and you know we we got dinner it's it's pretty much like based off of Italian cuisine at Flora Farms. So we got meatballs, we got a burrata. Um, oh, there was one other thing. Oh, we, we got a pasta and we split all of it. And all of it was good. The, bur- the burrata was really, really good. And I would say that the meatballs and the pasta were incredibly salty. Um, so all in all, wasn't like super blown away with Flora Farms, but maybe also I just wasn't in the mood. But also you know, I don't know, like as highbrow and lowbrow as Zach and I are, like we like to make our lives a daily mix of the two. I just think it was a little too highbrow for me and I was just not 
I was just not into it. So anyway, we got to the hotel and we stayed at a hotel called The Cape. And it is a Thompson hotel. And again, if you are a local Dallas person, then you will know that there's a Thompson Hotel here in Dallas downtown. It is home to Monarch Restaurant. It also has a very vibey bar and lounge called Catbird. And then one other restaurant called Nine at the National, which is on the ninth floor and it's a deck. And I feel like that is maybe like a newer addition or maybe I've just been so honed in on Monarch since this hotel open that I haven't even looked at the other offerings. But anyway, so Thompson Hotels, they're, you know, a part of the Hyatt family. And Whitney and her husband had been to the Cape a couple of times and just always spoke so highly of it. And I don't think that's why Zach chose it, because I don't think he's ever specifically heard them talk about their experience at the Cape. But I'm very glad that he did, because I've always wanted to go. And in general, it was just so beautiful. It's very modern and kind of like a minimalistic, sleek vibe. They, of course, have an amazing pool situation with a swim-up bar. They have a hot tub that is connected to the pool. They have a more casual um, on-site restaurant called The Ledge where they serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have a poolside little uh, seating area that you can if you don't want to eat like in your pool chair you can go sit on the other side of the swim up bar and eat there and they have a fine dining restaurant as well called manta or manta which was absolutely incredible and i will get into that in a second the only annoying thing which like this has really nothing to do with the hotel is that there were weddings all weekend like there was a wedding Friday Saturday and Sunday night so as soon as we got there Thursday night the bar was very full and we could immediately tell that it was a wedding party because of how people were dressed like you know they obviously just gotten done with a rehearsal dinner somewhere and they were all staying at the hotel um, and I say it's annoying mostly because the rooftop at the Cape Hotel is supposedly <laughs> really beautiful, but we couldn't go up there because they had events there all weekend and it was closed for private for those private events for all the wedding receptions. So that was pretty lame and sad, but you know, whatever. I'm not going to hold it against them. I got over it really quickly. So I can't speak to the incredible rooftop but I'm sure it's as amazing as it looks in pictures. So really, the whole trip was just about relaxing. We didn't have any sort of crazy excursions planned or anything like that. We truly just wanted to soak up the three days that we had there and lay by the pool and drink and eat delicious poolside food and relax and that's exactly what we did like we got drunk pretty much friday through sunday had the most incredible margaritas i kept ordering spicy pineapple margaritas pineapple margaritas is like my favorite flavor and they were so so fucking delicious and we got sun we both got sunburned as you know, is always the case for Zach because he is a vampire. For me, I obviously tan very easily, but for the first 
you know, pool day of every season, I usually get some kind of burn. It's never really severe. And I was caking on my super goop, like truly I really was. But I just think, you know, when you are laying in the direct Mexican sun all day by a pool, you're not going to escape completely unscathed from it but you know we we did the best that we could and it was just really lovely and you know we both tried to read as much as we could by the pool as well but I just feel like in a situation like that you know you have your drink in your hand and with all of the weddings happening there were all of these wedding guests to observe I was trying to think of a word that's better than judge but just there was a lot to look at and a lot to discuss under our breath which is obviously the most exciting, most fun part of sitting poolside for, you know, freaking six hours a day. Uh, We saw a lot of characters and made up stories about pretty much all of them. I even made an enemy in my head. She doesn't know that she was my enemy, but she was absolutely my worst fucking enemy on that trip. And, you know, we just had so much fun. And, on Friday night, we had made reservations to have dinner at the fine dining restaurant I just mentioned called Manta, and it was so fucking incredible. Like, Zach and I love a tasting menu. Like, if a nice restaurant is offering that, nine times out of ten, we're going to go that route because we feel that it's the most, you know, engaging experience and why not, you know, get served what the chef feels is are are like the best dishes. So we both did the chef's tasting menu and you know their cuisine is it's a perfect blend of Mexican and Peruvian and Japanese and everything was so fucking incredible. Like every single bite that we had was just so much flavor packed into it and incredibly fresh. Obviously, we are right by the ocean. So all of the seafood that we had over the long weekend was, you know, as though it was basically caught that day. And it probably was. Um, so that dinner, that meal was so wonderful. And then on Saturday, we woke up and we had scheduled a couple's massage at their spa. And it was fabulous. So fabulous. We, we almost canceled it because I was like, Uh, I just feel like that's going to take up time where we could be back at the pool having margaritas and talking about people. But we decided to keep them mostly because if we had canceled, it would have been a 50% uh, charge of the tab. But I'm so glad that we did. Um, We were in the same room together. I had the male masseuse. He had the female masseuse. I did have to tell the male masseuse to ease up a couple of times. And I still legitimately have bruises um, on my thighs and my calves because he clearly doesn't know his own strength. But also, I'm, I'm very much in the camp of medium to firm. I'm not the type of person who wants to go into a massage and get beaten up. I just don't have like a very high uh, tolerance for that kind of pain. And, you know, I mean, Zach loves it. Actually, Whitney, I will. She just she loves getting like beat to shit in a massage. (laughs) And I just can't. I've never been like that. I can't handle it. But besides having to adjust my masseuse's uh you know, firmness a couple of times. It was just so incredible, so relaxing. 
we were like butter afterwards. And, you know, if you do get something done at the spa there, then you have access to the spa for the rest of the weekend. So like you can come back and do like their cold plunge and then get into the hot tub and you can use the dry sauna and the wet sauna and all of that stuff. So we did that. That's kind of how we spent our uh, Saturday morning. And then we right after that we went up and we changed into bathing suits and we got set up by the pool and just had another incredible pool day and we actually made we we made some friends that day um Zach started talking to this man who was like sitting right next to him in the chair and we ended up like talking to these folks they were in their early 50s and you know have like a 19 and a 21 year old and they were taking this vacation together and it turns out that the guy is actually like in development in Arizona and you know he was asking what we do and him and Zach right away like hit it off they actually have some connections because it's such a small freaking world and then to me he was like wait like do you do marketing type of writing because I could use someone like you I'm sure nothing will come of it but it's like I just I love that about Zach so much I'm not for as extroverted as I am and as social as I am I'm not really it depends on the situation like for me I could have been fine not talking to anyone the entire weekend because we were in this beautiful place and it was just us and we had drinks and plenty of things to observe and I was good but Zach, you know, he just likes to suss people out sometimes and start conversations and he's really good at it. And nine times out of 10, when he does that, it turns out to be like a really fun, a really fun situation. And it was, it was so lovely to meet them and just chit chat and kind of like share your life story in a very paraphrased kind of way, if you will. So that was great. And then we cleaned up and got ready and we went actually into the city. Uh, we drove into the city because like I said earlier, Zach is very familiar with Cabo because he worked there so much and he wanted to take us to this one sushi place um, downtown called Nixon. And the the atmosphere and the interior nothing to write home about but the food was so incredible the sushi was some of the best sushi I've ever had again everything was so freaking fresh and the service was amazing too like there were like three waiters for every table and they didn't miss a beat and we also white lied and said it was my birthday because my birthday is in a month and so we got a free dessert and that was really cute they say me happy birthday (laughs) Um, and then when we were done there we walked around the marina a little bit and kind of just like took in all of the massive yachts and then before we went back to the hotel Zach was like okay we have to go into Cabo Wabo like just for just for like a drink so Cabo Wabo is just like a big club and bar and it's you know where people go to get absolutely shit housed and listen to live music because they have a live band every single night and it's usually a cover band and this cover band that was playing on Saturday they were so good like really really good really great vocals incredible guitar skills it was insanely entertaining and also again part of that entertainment was getting to watch people um just be absolutely wasted and I had a beer Zach had two beers and then 
we headed back to the hotel and watched our murder murder trials and went to went to bed. <laughs> and then Sunday, so funnily enough, on Saturday, we had talked about like maybe we should try and get an earlier flight out on Sunday because we were taking the 525 flight and getting in after like 9 p.m. And we were like, you know, we have to check out of the hotel anyway at 1230. Maybe we should just try and get back to Dallas sooner. And so we wasted all this fucking time on the phone with American Airlines trying to get on the earlier flight. And it ended up being too expensive. And there were no seats together. And we were just like, fuck it, never mind, we'll keep our original flight. And I can honestly say that I have never, I've never played it this close before. But I was so comfortable doing it because I was with my husband and I trust him and he was leading the charge and I was like, okay, whatever, I guess we're going for it. So the hotel was like, yeah, you have to check out at 1230, but you can hang out here by the pool and like take a shower in the spa and all of that before your flight, like, of course. So we ended up sitting by the pool for the entire day up until it was time to get ready and head to the airport and we got pretty drunk (laughs) which again I've never I've never like had a later flight on a Sunday and been like okay well I guess I'll just get like drunk beforehand I'm always like uh I'm bored because you know I'm just like killing time until I go home but we were like okay let's have one last drink and then one last drink turned into two and then we really were done But then this like amazing Jewish couple from New York like really took to us and they were like, we're buying you drinks, just one more round, it's on us. And we like learned their life story and the guy actually owns a Jewish deli in New York called Sarge's and um, it's like been passed down through throughout his family and oh my God, you guys, I mean, basically like our flight I said was at 525 and we were boarding at 440 and it took 40 minutes to get to the airport and then we had to like return the rental and go through customs and security and all that shit. So we really needed to probably leave at like, I don't know, like 2, 215 or something like that to be safe about it. And we ended up leaving, I think, at like three. And Zach, oh my God, I just, (laughs) I had to go to the bathroom and change into like my plain clothes. And I was pretty drunk and like sending my friends absurd text messages and talking to myself in the stall. Thank God no one else was in there because they would have been like, "Um, I don't think this girl's okay. And anyway, long story short, we made it to the airport in one piece. However, I had not eaten that day yet. Zach had gotten some breakfast, but I I wasn't hungry yet. I mean, and that's how I usually am. Like most days I don't eat until noon. I have my morning coffee and I break my fast at noon, not on purposely. That's just how, you know, I just listen to my body and when it's like ready to eat and when it doesn't want to eat. And so we got to the airport. The Cabo airport food selection is not chill at all. There's hardly anything. So we ended up getting Sabaro pizza, which I truly have not had since I was single digit ages living in Connecticut and like visiting my dad in New York City where he worked. And let me tell you, it is not how I remember it. <laughs> it is 
fucking disgusting. It's like the cheapest. I mean, it's like Chuck E. Cheese pizza, you know, but whatever. We were, I was starving. So I scarfed it down and then we boarded our flight and watched that horrible See How They Run movie. And, uh, oh, that's what I was going to tell you guys. So the biggest kicker with all of this, and this is how we'll end today's episode, is that, I, so we ended up sitting next to a pilot and the pilot told us, he was like, yeah, I was supposed to be flying the flight before this one to Dallas, but it got canceled because the plane broke. And we were like, wait, what? The flight before this one that we were trying to get on to go to Dallas and get home sooner it ended up getting canceled because the plane broke. He's like, yeah, these things happen. So, oh my God, everything happens for a reason. And I'm so glad that we ended up staying and like pushing it to the very last minute because we did not want to leave. And I mean, waking up to the ocean, like you can walk outside onto your balcony and see the ocean there were surfers every morning because there were some good waves like right by the Cape. There were surfers out there. Um, as you guys probably saw on my Instagram, the whales were, the humpback whales were breaching. There were like, uh, we saw whales all weekend. Every morning that we woke up, we saw whales. But on the very last morning on Sunday, they were insanely active and it was so fucking cool. They were not that far away. Like we had a really good view of them and just watching all of the boats like beeline toward wherever the whale was breaching was really funny. And basically like when I woke up on Monday morning and walked outside to take the dogs out, I was like, fuck this. I'm literally standing in dead grass surrounded by dog shit. There's no body of water in sight, even though the weather is really nice and I hate everyone. So, you know, as we do with every trip, we, of course, talked about moving to Cabo and how that would work and if we could work it out logistically. <laughs> we can't be the only couple who does that. It's, it's truly wherever we go. If we have a good time, we're like, we could live here. But anyway, it was so great. And please check out emmasthing.com for the full written recap with all of the links to this hotel and where we ate and everything because I have a lot more I'm sure to say I just as you can probably tell I've struggled through this entire episode because I'm tired and my head is not in the game whatsoever but I thank you guys so much for listening please feel free to reach out if you have any you know questions you really need to ask me about the Cape and Cabo and travel and any of that. Also, please sign up for my weekly newsletter, The Weekly Digress, that goes out every single Friday with an essay and tons of links to not only what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, but what I'm shopping. And if you want to upgrade to a paid membership, you'll get extra newsletters throughout the week with exclusive content that no one else on the internet has seen. And follow me on Instagram and all of the things, all of the things. Love you guys. I'm so proud that this episode is under an hour. I'll be back next week with a lot more energy, I promise you. And we'll talk then. So bye for now. Mm-hmm.